0: All right, welcome to the True Crime Thailand podcast. Uh, Around here, you know, I'm not going to mess around with fancy intros or music or sound effects. It's just not my style. I get right to it. Uh, We're going to keep it just raw and simple. What I plan to do with this is really just riff on the day's stories things that people are talking about really just have some fun uh, because there's a lot going on in Thailand and I think we've forgotten how to have fun you know that's one thing I've noticed over the past year and a half a lot of people I know the life and the fun and the energy and their vitality has just been sucked right out of them Uh, a lot of people I know you know, going through rough times right now, both Thai and foreigners in Thailand and and abroad. And I figure with this podcast, what I can do is talk about the serious things that are going on uh, in Thailand. Like, for instance, we've got this uh, cop down in, what was it, Nakhon Sawan, who was involved in, uh, the alleged murder of a drug dealer who they were trying to extort 2 million baht from. And, uh, there's four or five cops involved. The the CCTV video leaks and, uh, you know, hits social media and they do a little digging and Mr. Joe Ferrari has a 60 million bot house. He's got every <laughs> every uh Italian and German car you can imagine. And people are shocked and surprised about this. Meanwhile, 6 months ago, uh the Bangkok protests <laughs> were centered around the elephant ticket scandal which had broke one of the MPs uh the Thai MPs had uh, dropped um, some internal documents that showed that basically if you wanted to move up the ranks uh, in the police here in Thailand, in the police department, um, you just buy your way through. Now, uh, the story of the elephant ticket scandal dropped in February and there was some press about it in the English language press uh, even the South China Morning Post covered it uh, and so this was in February and not a word of it since and that's how s- the, the, the news cycle works in Thailand uh, with crime and corruption matters <coughs> is there will be a flurry of press coverage, tabloid style press coverage up front uh, for a few days uh, sometimes a week sometimes a couple and there's really no follow through in it either from the the press or uh, the justice system and that's by design here and people are still kinda of shocked and surprised that this stuff happens and expects there to be some sort of recourse now there are some cases uh of more thorough coverage and, uh, consistent coverage of certain scandals, which I'll get to, um, as this podcast unfolds, uh, honestly though, I've, you know, kind of like, uh, contemplated my role in, uh, this true crime Thailand thing I started, um, last year and I'm not here to break any news stories or change Thai society. I quite like living in Thailand myself and uh, I recognize that this isn't my country and honestly as a foreigner in a country uh, you know I respect what the people do here and their decisions I'm not here to you know change anything I will comment on things and I'll comment on people's comments but I'm not here to you know break any new ground or or anything and that's it's it's and the reason why i say that is some people have privately gotten in touch with me um over the months uh to kind of like push me in that direction and honestly i'll tell you i got involved uh with this project uh because and i'll just basically be really blunt with you and keep it honest uh I write fiction uh, and you know there's the old uh, kind of like worn out stereotype of the foreigner in Thailand who writes crime fiction in Bangkok well I'm not in Bangkok I, lo- I love Bangkok but I, I've never lived there and I don't want to live there um, I visit frequently and uh, you know I've enjoyed my time there but um, you know uh, I'm writing a little bit different because, uh, you know, it, it uh, it's just gonna it's just gonna be a different thing. Like I've gotten feedback uh, f- from my writing from a lot of people who read, who are well read in uh, crime fiction set in Thailand. Uh, my books will be set kind of like more internationally. Uh, sometimes the stories happen in Thailand. Uh, it's just not gonna be in Bangkok. They're, we're gonna be going. All through the region it's gonna be fun you know I mean I keep my stories fun and exciting kind of like old-school pulp you know where it just kind of grips you page to page and you keep turning just because it's so uh, you know it kind of grabs you by the balls and you really just want to keep reading because it's fun you know like that style not too serious uh, but also kind of makes you think a little bit uh, so Anyway, that's why I got involved. Uh, I'm just going to have to release the books. Um, They're in editing right now. Um, And so I'll let you know when they drop. But the reason why I started True Crime Thailand was because a lot of the stories I write are kind of ripped from the headlines because I read uh, the Thai news um, quite a bit. uh, And there was a lot of stories that weren't being covered in the English language press. So I started uh, basically just like Translating them uh, into English, <clears throat> and I got quite of a f- uh, quick and rapid following from that. Um, there was a lot of people who enjoyed them uh, on Facebook and Twitter, and I started an email newsletter and I started doing more in-depth stories on historical crimes, like Boon Ping uh, uh He was the serial killer monk who killed as a monk. Uh, and had uh like a quite a cult following down in in Bangkok about a hundred years ago, and he was the last person who was decapitated in Siam uh public execution the last one <clears throat> um so I wrote like a uh in depth kind of coverage of him from like Thai sources that hadn't really been published in english yet um so I tried to be as thorough as possible. And I also connected it to Ice Heplek, who was a um, another serial killer, a very privileged man uh, in Bangkok, who uh, was caught last year and now he's sentenced to death. Um, and so, like, I've done that kind of story. Si Ui, the um, cannibal, the Chinese uh, immigrant who was just like a farm laborer uh, who was down by. Uh, kind of like the Hua Hin Hua Hin area Uh, and then he moved his way up to Bangkok and Rayong and he killed along the way he killed an eight kid's organs Um, so there's like a saying uh, like an old saying a warning to kids in Thai and I'm going to butcher the Thai so I'll just say it in English Um, I understand Thai fairly well but my pronunciation and uh, speaking skills with Thai are just shit, I'll be honest, uh, so I'm not going to come here and, you know, rattle off some old adage in Thai, but uh, the, the saying basically goes, watch out, be good, or Si Ui will eat your, eat your liver, and it's just an old saying to keep kids in line, um, and, you know, it's, it's accompanied by this really frightening image of Si Ui, of him uh, with his gaping mouth and teeth, uh, like he's going to bite you. Uh, so if you've seen that, I wrote a whole article on him, uh, and I've you know investigated some more modern crimes. Um, the Chuck Diddleson story, which a lot of people came to my work for, uh, w- and was shared by like Stickman Bangkok, uh, was put into his last weekly newsletter. Uh, you know, uh, which was cool because a lot of people came to my work and through my e- to my email list through that. So I did a, it was like a fifteen thousand word. Uh, survey and I would say kind of an investigation into the murder of Chuck Diddleson. And it was the reason why I started looking at the case it was from 2016. They found um, Chuck in a freezer down in Bangkok, chopped up, um, his head was chopped off, and, and his legs, and everything. And um, one of my readers had emailed me and said, uh, You know, take a look at this case, what's going on with this. Because everyone up until that point had focused on the uh, supposed killers, one of them who is still locked up in a prison somewhere in Bangkok. Um, basically the, everyone, all the English language press had focused on, on this guy who w- went by the name of Peter, um, who was basically on the run for like 40 years from the FBI. Uh, He had done some sort of bank fraud in the U.S., and then he went to Mexico, then he came to Thailand, and he's been living on uh, basically fake passports and under-assumed names. Uh, His name is uh, William Craig Lafon, his real name, but he went by the name Peter, uh, who was pretty well-known, I guess, down on Soy Soy Cowboy, uh, and he had a crew of guys, and, you know, they were just small-time hustlers uh they had little schemes going and uh they were dealing meth they were involved with various crimes which you can read about but i as i to get to the point as i took a look at this story i actually wasn't sure and convinced that the body in the freezer was chuck for a few reasons uh one the autopsy uh when they did the autopsy uh, they said he was of a certain height, which did not match with the height he really was. Um, there was just a lot of inconsistencies uh, when they did the DNA test and um, and everything you know and I started to talk to people from Chuck's past. I've now talked to like ten fifteen people from Chuck's past. The story kind of took a life of its own. A lot of people have gotten in touch with me um, over the past like six, seven months um, since i release the story because a lot of uh, see chuck was a pretty well-known businessman in fact he produced he was kind of like the leading producer of calendars um in the late 90s and early 2000s in the united states the kind that when you would go to shopping malls and there would be little kiosks with calendars for sale and there was that one uh she's a new zealand photographer a kiwi uh, where she would i think she uh, she was kiwi she would photograph like uh babies like being held in like a like a blanket and it's, it's it was really famous images I'm sure you know what I'm talking about uh there there was that style of ph- photography of like baby photography that was really popular uh, about twenty years ago he he got the rights to that uh, photographer's work and published the calendars at least in the United States he was doing deals also internationally um, and uh, he had like the rights to Star Wars calendars in the United States things like that um, and he, the guy has. I learned a lot about him, uh, talking to people who had known him through the, through the years, uh, going back to the 1970s. Um, so I have a lot of information about Chuck, uh, that I'm ready to share. I'm kind of waiting on a few things. So I I know I've been telling people I'm going to release that, the follow-up to that story. There's a lot there. Uh, there's so much. It's just mind-blowing. Uh, when I think about all the information I've gathered since the first story. Uh, So that's kind of the cool thing about doing the True Crime Thailand project is when I put out some stories, people get in touch with me, like, privately about them and share more information that isn't public. Um, So, like, for example, you might remember uh, the guy a few months back down in Bangkok, uh, he he was dressed up in a suit and a tie and he was uh, a bigger guy uh, and he was former uh, US military and he had kidnapped like a Taiwanese businessman right from a cafe just in broad daylight uh, down some- somewhere in the trendy part of Bangkok and they just, uh, him and another guy just took the Taiwanese businessman right out and like there was a Thai cop sitting there kind of watching the whole thing was implicated in the crime well uh i'm gonna just be real with you guys that guy was one of my sources uh the the guy who was on video um i I know him i I had talked to him previously quite a bit Uh, he had sent me and him had gone back and forth uh quite a bit actually on whatsapp um, about um glove scams now in fact i connected someone who had gotten in touch with me from hong kong who had been Uh, ripped off in a glove scam now you might be asking what the hell is a glove scam well uh, what's been going on over the past year and a half uh, and this is just this just gives you insight into the stuff uh, that sometimes I work on Uh, the past year and a half there's been uh, a lot of scams where companies in thailand say they're going to produce ppe gloves you know for doctors and nurses around the world and they'll they'll say they'll fulfill an order say of 10 million gloves uh latex gloves basically for a cheap price right and these companies around the world in italy hong kong singapore us etc uh buy them because they need them right Uh, and so they are looking for the best prices they get in touch with these companies in Thailand. And this is happening in other countries, but, you know, we're focused in Thailand here. And uh, the, the company says that they're going to uh, fulfill the order, and the order is just never delivered, but the m- they get the money up front. There a certain percentage of, of the purchase order, um, you know, some sort of deposit, and the gloves are just never delivered. That's one thing, uh, and I've talked to people who have been ripped off in this way, uh, and I connected one of them with this guy who kidnapped the Taiwanese businessman uh because what the guy who was going around and solving these problems for these businesses it was a little off the books I mean you know basically like you would they would uh for a fee uh go collect the money and they would get a fee right and so Uh, That's what was happening. And I haven't been able to get in touch with the guy since. Uh, He's kind of dropped off the radar. I think he was trying to leave Thailand at some point. That was the last I heard. Uh, He got caught up at uh, Swampy. But you see, so I'm just giving a little insight. Uh, There's a lot of stories like this. I've been sent just like a lot of stuff that I'm not even comfortable talking about uh, by people, you know. And so... That's why I've kind of taken a big step back and covering like contemporary like stories that are happening now, like in the headlines um, and stuff that doesn't get coverage too much in English, because I find stories that aren't even covered in English that would blow your socks off. Problem is, as I've written about them, there's people who are watching it, basically keep tabs on this kind of stuff, and they've gotten in contact with me and they start sharing information that I don't necessarily want or need to know. (laughs) and so I've taken a big step back um, from doing this and I want to focus so this is kind of like the point of this uh, podcast I want to focus on fun stories and they don't have to be fun like it doesn't have to be like you know family of three goes down to the water park and has a blast you know and they they drink piña coladas and uh you know They go go go-karting i don't mean that kind of fun i mean you know stories that are serious but have we can we can have like a fun spin on it like so for example and and i want to get a little bit into the kind of the talk of the town type stuff so you know and here's the thing i don't want and i don't expect any sort of um like i'm not in this for financial gain right uh, I don't expect like full paid, uh, trips to five-star resorts in Phuket or anything for, by doing this, if you, if you know what I mean, right? Like, I, I don't expect like, and I'm not going to be some sort of weird influencer or, you know, I'm not going to be like posting selfies as I go to like five-star resorts while telling everybody else they've got to stay home. Cause like, right now in Thailand, you know, people really are suffering. Like, there's farmers in the north who can't sell their Lam Yai, uh for more than one baht a kilo when in past years they were getting 20-25 baht per kilo because uh, China just stopped buying them. And that's, that was like a major market for the stuff. Um, so there's just lamnye rotting in villages and farms across the north, uh, Chiang Mai and Lampun. Uh There's you know, people have just been devastated in Thailand, and even foreigners now are kind of feeling the the pinch because a lot of you are, you know, teachers, and I've read, I'm not a teacher, but I've read, you know, people's talk about how schools have stopped hiring, and, you know, I've talked to a few friends who are teachers. So, but my point is, I'm not looking to, you know, get any gain from this. I want it to be a fun place where... Kind of like a like a space where we can have conversations about Thailand and keep it real. this isn't just some b- podcast where I'm gonna get on and talk about uh, oh my top three favorite books about Thailand and then rattle off some books that were written by some professor at Chula University that I've never even heard of. I want to do book reviews that are fun and interesting on books that kind of grab me and I feel like are interesting like for example um, a book uh, now I have a friend and uh, not friend but like kind of like a fellow uh, true crime writer here in Thailand who's raised questions about this book and excuse me and the author Um, but there was a book on the Thai occult I thought was really interesting that I shared a few weeks back um, I want to do like movie reviews of like Thai gangster films. I want to be able to do interviews. So if there's people out there and I don't care what your background is, I just want people who are good to talk to have a, a new angle on Thailand, different angle. I'm tired of like the, the shit that happens in the Farang ghettos where, you know, it's just like posting, and this is on Facebook, Twitter, doesn't matter, posting pictures of, You know, the last burger you ate. Listen, I love burgers, and there's a burger place not far from where I live that I love. But listen, I want interesting stuff about Thailand, not just like your last favorite burger spot or, like, you know, the last picture of the Bangkok skyline skyline you took. There's a million of them. I want, like, interesting perspectives, Uh, people out there, you know, uh, doing things a little bit differently differently. Uh, who would want to get on and talk totally open to it Uh, but that's kind of what we're doing here so the way it's gonna look is uh, you know a couple times a week two three times a week uh, I'm gonna do a survey of the latest news that's happening if it catches me uh, and I might have a guest I might talk about one of the stories I'm researching which uh, there's quite a few I have in my roster of stories i've got uh, a whole lineup of stories that are kind of backlogged right now i'm working on uh, getting my novels out you know so i've got a lot of projects going on but i wanted to add this because i feel like there's like you know as a foreigner in thailand this is just my opinion we kind of get into our little routines but we all are kind of isolated in a way um, I mean, some of you speak perfect Thai, and that kind of gets you into Thai culture a little bit more. Uh, you know, I, I'm always trying to practice my Thai, uh, and that, you know, it gets you a certain to a certain point. But at the end of the day, you know it just as well as I do, that we are, uh, you know, foreigners in Thailand kind of have our own little subculture. There's little Farang ghettos, uh, whether that's the older set, you know, who... We'll talk about their 90-day reports on Tyvisa, which is fine. I've learned a lot from those guys about different things, and I will be the first to say that I have done, uh, when I've been doing research on some crime stories, I've actually gotten some really interesting tidbits from Tyvisa, believe it or not. I'll go against the grain, and I'll I'll just say it. You can say what you want. Uh, Of course, I don't hang out there. Uh, Twitter has its own little thing going on. Facebook uh, is kind of the, w- uh, in a way, in my opinion, kind of like the w- the the like uh, redheaded stepchild, and people on there are always uh, you know bitching or moaning about something. But I've met a lot of good people on Facebook. Uh, my Facebook was deleted, and I won't even get into that whole story. It has nothing to do with politics or anything. Uh, it was basically due to the work I was I'm doing with True Crime Thailand. People didn't like it. They reported my profile, and it got deleted. There's no recourse for it. Um, so anyway, uh, what I feel like there's a need to start to have more interesting conversations, you know, with real, real people. Like, let's cut through the BS a little bit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of interesting things going on out in Thailand, I believe, anyway. So this is kind of like my call, you know, out to the wild. You know, what is going on? in Thailand that isn't being really talked about too much. What are interesting things that are going on in your neck of the woods, in your village, in your city, in your neighborhood in Bangkok, that you feel like isn't really getting the talk that, you know, dominates the whole conversation that, you know, there's kind of like a news cycle in the, in the foreigner world of, in the English language world at least, of, of uh, Thailand. You know, we all kind of talk about the same thing. Uh, day-to-day, you know, whatever the big uh, news item is that day. But I want to hear the things that are going on that aren't getting the spotlight, because I know they're out there. I've got a lot of really interesting friends in Thailand, uh, and I might invite them onto the podcast as well. But I'm happy to uh, hear what you got going on and interview, if you're comfortable. Uh, And, you know, like I said, day-to-day Um, I'll be thinking of ways to make this just like a cool place to uh, you know talk about things and that's what I've got I'm going to wrap this up I think I've got everything I wanted to get out for my first episode again this is just going to be raw and unfiltered I'm not going to mess around too much with post-production I'm recording this directly into Audacity uh, Audacity. and then I'll upload it um, to Anchor and you can check it out there Uh, I'll have it in different places, though, going forward. Um, I'm going to get this out just real quick, and uh, that's a wrap.